Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Lovers and haters and restorative nap takers, I've got a question for you this week, and it comes from Stuck in Japan. She says, Hi, Jessica. Thank you for lending your wisdom to the world. You're a real blessing, and I'm so glad life brought you along my way. So here's the thing. I feel like my life structure is currently undergoing a shaking, and I feel a strong need to let go of the things that no longer serve me. For example, a failed marriage, spiritual and religious beliefs. However, I'm being held back on so many levels and can't fully set myself free to express and explore new heights that my soul is craving. I'm considering divorce, opening up to new spiritual experiences, but my culture, family influences, and self-doubt are seriously limiting me. I literally can feel a ceiling over me, and I'm no longer here. I can't get there, so I'm dying in the middle. I wonder if there's anything in my birth chart that can point me in the right direction. And Stuck in Japan was born on January 28th, 1983 at 6.45 a.m. in Kaduna, Nigeria. So this is a really important question. And I think there's so many, there's so many layers to it, right? The first is that you're saying that you already know that you want to make these changes. You're not sure how to make these changes. And it also sounds like part of what you're telling me is that you haven't actually decided to make the changes. So you emotionally know, but you're not sure if you have the right or if it'll cost you more than you want to pay. Now, you didn't say that in your question, Stuck in Japan, but that's really what I'm hearing. And it is one of the most common things that I hear from people in general when they come in for one-on-one consultations. I know that I hate my job, but I don't know that there are better jobs out there. I know that I am ready to be happy in a marriage. And this is not a marriage that I'm happy in, but I don't know that it's possible to be happy in a marriage. So maybe I should just stay where I am. I want to say before we unpack your chart, that inevitably all people come to this place in ourselves where we realize, we realize we have choices to make. We realize that we want something that we don't have, and it will require us to let go of what we do have in order to make space for that new thing or to go for that new thing. It's a risk. As an astrologer, as an advice giver on this podcast, I do not ever want to tell you what to do because ultimately the risk is yours to take. Whenever we're making scary choices, it's really important, even if our choice is influenced by an advice giver, a friend, a family member, even like a church or uh, you know, a random astrologer on the internet, <laughs> it's really important that you take full responsibility for the choice that you're finally making. And knowing that if there are going to be negative consequences, it was worth to experience those negative consequences in efforts to find the truth, in efforts to find something that is greater for you. There's this other part to your question, which is about your spiritual and religious beliefs. You don't really speak to what those are. And in terms of that stuff, I mean, really, I can't speak to it because that is between you and your experience of God. It's also between you and your culture, whether it's the culture that you're from in general or the culture of your family. But I will say this. 
I am a big fan and supporter of individuation. I am a big fan and supporter of living one's truth. And, you know, that's a cultural thing for me. (laughs) So I don't want to project that onto you or onto anyone else, but it is my reference point. It's where I'm coming from. In this very Virgo season, slash also totally in general, every day, all the seasons, when you are taking advice, it is wise to consider the source of that advice and the predisposition uh, of the person who is giving the advice or the entity or the whatever that is giving the advice, right? Because I really believe in individuation. And so I'm going to support you towards individuation. If you are married and affiliated with cultural or religious expectations, then they might not actually support you towards individuation. They may support you towards making self-sacrifice in favor of marriage or keeping things consistent and stable. And I'm not going to tell you that's wrong or right for you. That's your choice to make. And this, my dear, brings us to your birth chart. You're a double Aquarius, sun and rising in Aquarius, and they're a tight conjunction. You also have a Saturn square to your sun and rising in your birth chart. Now, this particular aspect is getting challenged by Uranus, which means that you currently have a square from Uranus in the sky to your ascendant. It is opposite your natal Saturn, and it is very close to squaring your sun. And in fact, it will square your sun in 2020. These are all once-in-a-lifetime events astrologically. And what Uranus always wants us to do is to change. What you said in your question is almost textbook Uranus transit stuff. Feeling the strong need to let go of the things that are no longer serving you. That is what Uranus wants you to do. Now, in 2019, you've also been going through a Saturn conjunction to Mercury. This particular transit happens to everybody once every approximately 29 years. So it's your first adult experience of it. And it doesn't happen at a specific age. It just happens when it happens. So it is happening to you in in 2019. And what it's doing is it's forcing you to confront what is and isn't working. Saturn conjunction to Mercury can make us feel isolated. It can make us feel stuck or trapped. But really what it's trying to get us to do is to take greater responsibility for our attitudes and our beliefs and our thoughts and to get better at communicating, verbally communicating those attitudes, beliefs, and thoughts. This is not specifically about your needs, but really it is about your needs because Mercury is one of, it's your your mental state, right? And Saturn wants us to deal with the reality, take responsibility for the reality, and in this case, of the mental state. So 2019 for you has been a time of really confronting what you've already known which is that some things are not working. It might make you feel like you see the path out, but you don't feel strong enough to take it quite yet. And honestly, I'm going to tell you, that's okay. I don't think you need to rush into any actions. That said, I do encourage you to create a practical plan of if you were going to separate from this marriage, what would it mean for you financially? What would it mean for you in terms of your housing? To really look at the pragmatics of your current situation and what steps you would need to take to get out of the situation, how you could find yourself in a stable and safe position if you were to walk out the door. So 
over the course of the next several months, certainly until December. Investigate that stuff. Now, if you've already investigated that stuff, my dear, that's important. Then I would say you might be ready to actually mobilize. But my guess is that you've been stuck in the depressive stage of Saturn. As I mentioned, Uranus is opposite your natal Saturn. And when Uranus opposes your natal Saturn, it's like your internal structure as a human being is going through a radical set of changes. It's really upsetting. It's not bad because it confronts you with the truth, but it is upsetting. The truth is often really complicated. We make so many compromises in our lives. That's not bad or good, but it is something that we must reckon with sooner or later. The compromises that seem totally reasonable at one phase of life feel really unreasonable at another. Sometimes we kind of hedge our bets on a person or on a situation. And when it doesn't come out the way we thought it would, we have to change our minds. We have to change our choices. And some people will tell you that changing your mind and changing your choices is a weakness, or it is a cruelty, or it is irresponsible. But I'm not going to tell you that because I don't think that's true. I think when we're the ones that change, it is our responsibility to take responsibility and to be generous with others around how it makes them feel and the impact it has on their lives. But it is not our responsibility to martyr our lives for others. You know, I really don't think that it is. And I know that there are situations where that maybe isn't true. But generally speaking, that is my take. I will say that in your birth chart, stuck in Japan, you have Saturn and Pluto conjunct each other. And in addition to Saturn squaring your ascendant and sun, you also have Pluto and Saturn squaring your natal moon. And what this means is that you do not like change. You do not like instability. So double Aquarius you look at that and you think, okay, plus you have Venus in Aquarius. That's, you know, you read an astrology textbook and it'll tell you you love change, you're really independent, you're forward thinking, all that kind of stuff. That's true. But what I would say is stronger about you is that Saturn-Pluto conjunction at the top of your chart, square to your moon, square to your ascendant, square to your sun. And the reason why it's more intense is because it includes inherited traits, it includes pressure from others, and it includes fear and terror, which you experience a fair amount of, I would imagine. The thing that I see is very difficult for you is that walking away, initiating endings, emotionally processing the pain of grief or uncertainty, these things are very upsetting to you and very challenging for you. If you are going to go through a breakup, if you are going to leave your marriage, you probably will feel a lot of feelings, some to do with your husband and some to do with the life that you're leaving behind. And I'm not going to tell you that's easy. I'm not going to tell you that if you do the right thing, it will feel right all the time because I'm afraid that it doesn't quite work that way. Healing is painful. Taking risks is risky. I do think that you already know. I mean, your question says it says it clearly. And then again, when I look at your birth chart, I see it reiterated. You already know what you feel called to. You already know what your choice is. What you don't know is exactly how to execute that choice. And what you don't know is whether or not you feel brave enough to take the risk. And coming back to the Uranus opposition to Saturn, I urge you to take the risk. 
And I don't urge you to, you know, burn your life to the ground in efforts to do it. I don't urge you to do it without a plan and without kindness and generosity for how it's going to impact others. But I do urge you to not place the needs of others or the expectations of others over what you know you need for your emotional, mental, and spiritual health. Because really, that's what this is about. You're done living for other people. You're done making compromises and choices out of fear alone. And when I look at your birth chart, it looks like you've done a fair amount of that and you've simply outgrown it. But like you said in your question, you haven't embodied that change. You haven't fully trusted that change. And so you feel stuck and it's making you feel 50 times worse. I'm going to add something else to the mix, which is in a little postscript of your question, which I did not read at the onset, you said that you were a female and straight and maybe bisexual. And I want to say, yeah, here we go. Let's add more. <laughs> Let's add more to the mix. Really what you're saying by kind of like adding that on at the very end and not really connecting it to your question, although I think it really clearly is connected to your question, is that you want to experiment and explore. You want to see what you are made of. And I am really here for that. I want to say I encourage that. It is so important to be willing to understand ourselves in new ways as we grow and as we change. And I really want to encourage you to do that. And I don't think it's the most important thing in front of you, whether you want to date women or, or not. What I think is the most important thing in front of you is disentangling yourself from commitments that you've made that you no longer feel are right for you to honor and doing that with integrity. Because the fact that Uranus is squaring your ascendant now, it's also, of course, opposing your Saturn. And it's in 2020 going to also be squaring your sun means that you can't wait for this to pass. I mean, you can, you can, but it'll come at great personal cost. Uranus governs our central nervous system. And when we go through Uranus transits, it makes our nervous system feel pinged. Is the best way I can put it. It's just like, it, it really stimulates your nervous system. A lot of times people who are going through transits by Uranus will have insomnia or feel anxious, nervous, nervous, anxious, like you're running in circles, running in circles. Uranus can make us feel mentally overstimulated in a way that kind of makes us ineffectual, if you know what I mean. And so you may be really experiencing that. So this is why I'm urging you to get practical. If you were to move forward, what are the next steps? If you were to talk to your husband about you no longer being happy and you needing to move on, it's important that you have a plan for how you're going to take care of yourself and take yourself out of that situation. I think he deserves due process. He deserves to have an understanding of why you're walking away. But that doesn't mean you need to ask permission. It doesn't mean you need to convince him. You only need to honor the friendship and the commitment that you have to that friendship enough to share with him your process and to not burden him with taking care of you through that process unless your friendship can hold that. It may be that he's also ready for the relationship to dissolve. I don't know. But I think a big mistake a lot of us make when we change our minds about a relationship is we feel the need to convince our partners or our friends that they too should change their minds. And that's not fair. Don't try to make him feel a certain way. Only be honest with him about how you feel and hold as much space that is healthy and sustainable for his process around it. But I do think it is wise looking at your birth chart for you to have a sense of where you're going to physically go 
you know, have that in your mind in advance of this conversation, because it does look like you have a tendency to shut down and you probably need a physical space where you can give him space and you can go and take some space. So my dear, you say that you're being held back, but I think a big part of what is holding you back is fear. Whether it takes six days, six weeks, or six months to execute a plan, it is your responsibility to yourself and ultimately to the people around you to start creating a practical plan that you can enact to execute these changes in your life. In regards to your spiritual changes and your religious changes, one's relationship to God is very personal in my view. And our spiritual convictions and our religious affiliations should be the same, but aren't necessarily. And so there is a cultural and community-based issue of religion. And then there is the spiritual and personal relationship to spirituality, right? I want to hold space for you giving yourself permission to have your own relationship to God and spirituality. And it's okay for that to be yours personally before you make some proclamations to your family or your church or your community or whatever it is. It is okay to have a personal investigation before you make yourself vulnerable to your community. And I think that that's a really important thing for me to say to you because I'm hearing this like heavy, heavy pressure that you're placing on yourself. And it's probably too much to do all those things at once in a public way. Unless, of course, that's really what you want to do. I see that there is a part of you that does love to kind of do all of it at once, but that part of you is not emotional. The emotional part of you needs more of a process and gets really overwhelmed. So I do see that you have a Jupiter-Uranus conjunction in Sagittarius. Um, I do see that you have uh, that Jupiter-Uranus conjunction squares your Mars in your birth chart. And so there's this part of you that likes to do wild and kind of like big picture changes impulsively. But your moon in Cancer feels really bad about it. So I don't want to encourage you to do anything that will make you feel like, oh, I've overdone it, and that it'll justify your fear of doing it at all, right? I want to encourage you to have a plan and move forward with that plan and be kind to yourself around your fear and be kind to yourself around your process. It's time to stand up and fight for our democracy. We the people are marching to be seen and heard. We are marching to remind our elected officials that they work for us. We are marching because the current regime is a threat to our democracy and our values. We are marching to demand action. On September 21st, we the people will be marching in Washington, D.C. And if you're like me and you can't make it to the D.C. area, there are solidarity marches happening all across this country. Go to wethepeoplemarch.org to get information or get involved. The earth keeps turning and we are going to talk about the week ahead. We're going to look at the week of August 25th through the 31st, 2019, and there's a lot going on, including a fertile new moon, and I want to really get into that new moon today. But first, let's start with an exact Venus trying to Uranus on August 26th. This transit is really lovely. Venus trying to Uranus is expansive. It's great for connecting with new people. It's great for 
really just being open to connecting in new ways. If you use the energy, as I always say about these nice trines to and from Venus, if you don't really use the energy, not much will happen. What I find interesting is that on August 26, 2019, in the US, it is Women's Equality Day. And Women's Equality Day happens to commemorate the 1920 adoption of the 19th Amendment in the U.S. Constitution. And this prohibits states and the federal government from denying the right to vote to citizens on the basis of sex or gender. It was first celebrated in 73. And this is all very recent. It's all very recent. And it's something that we must all work to protect, regardless of our gender identity or experience. Being willing to stand up for women, and while we're at it, for non-binary, non-conforming, and trans people, is incredibly important. It's incredibly important every day, and certainly these days. I don't know if if I'm going to, you know buy a cake for Women's Equality Day, but I'm certainly going to look around and see who I can support and how I can participate in signal boosting women who are doing amazing work in the world. And this kind of connects to this Venus trying to Uranus, which is quote unquote coincidentally happening at this same time. Uranus is revolution. Uranus is autonomy and individuality and freedom. The thing that I really love about this transit happening on this day is that it is connected to women's liberation. It's a great theme to consider today, to look at how you are working to advance women's liberation, how you can work to recognize the work still in front of us, and to use this energy to feel empowered to choose actions or to align yourself with organizations or voices or educators around this topic and theme. Now, on the 28th, we have a Mars trine to Uranus. Again, this can be an excellent transit for advancement. On a personal level, this is a great time to advance projects and goals that you are motivated to engage with. This is a great transit for getting things done, especially if those things require some amount of innovation or creativity. If you've been feeling blocked right around the 28th, day or so before, day or so after, and certainly on the 28th itself, great freaking time to get in there and look for new solutions. If you are trying to do something to promote your physical health, this transit is actually really motivating for getting in your body. So whether that getting in your body is like trying to, you know, have a better, I don't know, meditation practice or yoga practice or start off some sort of health-oriented or action-oriented regime, excellent transit to do that. And in particular, because Mars is in Virgo with a bunch of other planets, as I'll talk about in a moment, it's actually an especially good time for motivating actions that you have some sort of a methodical plan for, a step-by-step plan. Now, Uranus doesn't need a plan. Uranus just likes to fly by the seat of its pants. And honestly, so does Mars. That said, this Virgonian energy of Mars and the Taurian energy of Uranus supports having a plan. So if you have some sort of strategy or practical vision for what you want to do and how you want to get it done, this will favor the greatest potential of this transit. Okay. So again, if you want to leverage the energy, that's your best way of doing it. You can jump in or you can jump in with a plan written on a piece of paper in your pocket and that will get you further. I am. Oh, 
On the 29th, Mercury moves into Virgo, joining a bunch of other planets, and the Sun trines Uranus. So now we see the third transit to Uranus. That is a trine. So it's all this Virgo energy forming a trine to Uranus. Again, innovation, originality, expansion. This is a really wonderful week for doing that. Now, here's the downside. When we're going through these easy transits, if you are engaged in activities or if you're in a stage of your life where things really aren't authentic to you and they're not healthy, then these trines can actually make you feel worse because a trine indicates a flow of energy. And when the energy is flowing and you're doing something unhealthy, or you're doing something that is really kind of keeping your life stuck in a rut, then you will just have a lovely flow of energy in that rut or in that stuck or unhealthy place. And so you really want to pay attention to if you find yourself quite unhappy this week, certainly through 30th, ask yourself, am I choosing things that are actually not serving me? Am I limiting myself unnecessarily? Uranus gives us the energy for innovating change, but it's not on the most commonly taken path. That's Saturn, even Jupiter. But Uranus, Uranus wants us to honor what is true for us as individuals. Uranus wants freedom and liberation and kind of doesn't care what other people think. Now, you and I care what other people think, but Uranus doesn't. So the energies of that particular planet by all these lovely trines, is supportive. It's not kicking your buns. It's not forcing anything, which means this is the easiest time to consider these themes. Doesn't get easier than trines from Uranus. So I say, when you can, take the easy route. The easy route's never completely easy because change and introspection is always quite challenging. However, you can do it now with greater ease than when Uranus comes and forms a square. So do what you will with that information, my loves. This particular sun trying to Uranus is energizing. I just think it's a really great time to put yourself out there. So is the Mars trying to Uranus. Honestly, so is the Venus trying to Uranus. Great time to put yourself out there. However, clarity of intention should come first. We are talking about Earth signs. Now that brings me to the new moon on the 30th. On August 30th, we have a new moon happening at 6 degrees and 47 minutes of Virgo, and it will be exact at 3.37 a.m. Pacific time. New moons. New moons are when the sun and moon are at the exact same degree of the exact same sign. Now we have this new moon in Virgo, and what we have is Mercury at 2 degrees of Virgo. The moon and sun are both at 6 degrees of Virgo. We have Mars at 746 of Virgo and Venus at 1113 of Virgo. So I'm saying 11 degrees of Virgo and 13 minutes. Mars is at 7 degrees of Virgo and 46 minutes. When we look at this beautiful stellium in Virgo, we see the potential for really positive and really kind of unhealthy approaches to our present moment. Virgo can be very perfectionistic. It can seek purity. It can get caught, so caught up in the details of, is this good, is this bad, that it loses perspective on why. This is a real risk with all this Virgo energy. When we seek perfection, we are already in a problematic mindset. Perfection is not attainable. It's not realistic. 
This physical form that we live in is imperfect. Bodies are super freaking imperfect. There is no perfect body. That is a machine. And even machines break. (laughs) When we look for problems, we will find problems. When we look for perfection, we will find problems. And when we are perfectionistic in our thinking, and when our emotional nature is geared towards perfectionism, essentially what we are doing is we are seeking control over ourselves, our circumstances, and our lives. And we are seeking that control in efforts to feel safe and to feel okay. And it's really important, if you can, to take this new moon as an opportunity to breathe into that. Virgo does not govern the lungs, but Virgo is a sign that is ruled by Mercury, which is associated with the lungs, but more specifically with breathing. And I want to really ground you into breath work because breath, what is that expression? I didn't come up with this, and I'm so sorry that I don't know who said this, but some dude said, Fear is just excitement without breath. Being able to breathe into your feelings and breathe into your body allows for you to be more present for the complexities of what you're feeling, for the imperfections of your situation and and this moment. And that's why most spiritual practices require some level of breath work, right? In last week's episode, I talked about boundaries, and I talked about the importance of having boundaries with ourselves as well as with others, and that certainly goes for this week, too. If you haven't already listened to that, go ahead and listen to the horoscope corner from last week and uh, add that to the mix of what I'm telling you about this new moon. I want to talk to you about this new moon in really personal terms, but before I do, I want to say the Amazon forest is burning, right? In Brazil, it's burning and it is devastating. And I am not an expert on this and I really don't know what resources to trust. And I'm hoping that if you do, you can at me on social media. I am so heartbroken and just at a loss about this. The one thing I do know is that lungs are associated with the heart chakra in the body. And the Amazon forest It's often called the planet's lungs. It's called the Earth's lungs because it releases oxygen and stores carbon dioxide, a major cause of global warming. If the rainforest, the Amazon rainforest, is irrevocably damaged, it could start emitting carbon instead of oxygen, which is, as I said, a major driver for climate change. This is a huge blow to our environment. It's a huge blow to the Earth, the Earth itself, which is an organism which has feelings. And I don't know if this is too hippie for you if you don't think that the earth has feelings. And I don't mean to suggest that the earth has feelings that it should go to a therapist about, but the earth has feelings and it is hurting right now. And so I am not a fan of thoughts and prayers as like a singular action. It's not enough. Thoughts and prayers is not enough. However, This new moon in Virgo is the literal perfect time to do healing work on the earth on a spiritual level. Also, you know, I hope that we can find ways of uh, donating money or I don't I don't know what the actions are, but there's got to be things that we can physically do in the material because this is a material problem that said on the spiritual. 
If you are inclined towards doing spiritual work and energy work, which is not something that I am teaching on this podcast, but if it is something that you have the capacity to do, I urge you to send healing energy to the Amazon, to the earth, to our ecosystem, and to really intentionally reinforce your connection to your body and your body to the earth. If you connect to the earth without first connecting to your body, it's it doesn't actually work on an energetics level from my perspective. We must connect to the earth from our body and understand our interconnection in this physical reality, right? On physical levels. So connecting into your body and then into the earth, reaffirming your love and connection for this earth and your physical form, your physical life. This is deeply healing. And I want to encourage you, whatever your resources are, whatever your spiritual toolkit offers to do spiritual work. And I want to say that the new moon in Virgo is a really effective time to do this work. And I really want to encourage us all to try to our best ability. Now, on a more personal level, this is a great time for aligning yourself with intention, aligning yourself with Uh, Again, as I was saying earlier, a little bit of a plan, a sense of strategy about what are the steps that you want to take to get where you want to go. And so when I talk about steps, I am not talking about all of the steps. I am talking about the next three steps immediately in front of you. So I'm going to give you this idea to play with for the new moon. If you're in a position where you know where you want to be, you know what your goal is, big picture, but you don't exactly know how you want to get there. I want to encourage you to consider it this way. Go backwards. Think about, okay, let's say I'm, you know, 38 years old right now. And by the time I'm 43, I want to have a pony with a pink hat. Okay, cool. So I'm 43 and I have a pony with a pink hat. So then where do I need to be by the time I'm 42 and a half or 42 in order to have that pony with a pink hat? Dial it back so that you can see where you want to be, the age you want to have, your end goal, and what actions you need to pursue in what timeline, dialing it back to the present moment. Doing this can be really effective if it's the right match for you. It's not the right match for everyone because it can make you see if your timeline is too short (laughs) and it can help you see what needs to get done by now. If we start from the present moment, it's very emotional. Starting from the end goal can kind of feel more empowering. So it's an exercise to try. Now, if you already know your timeline or you have a clear sense of all the things that need to get done, you're just not sure how to do it. This is when I'm like, okay, so this is when you cut your meal into bite-sized pieces. And that looks like, what are the three things you can do this week? Or what is the one bigger thing that you can do this week? What are the three things you can do this month? however is most appropriate for you. Align yourself with the steps in front of you so that you can stop distracting yourself with too much data. A Vergonian problem, right? Too much data can distract us too terribly. So these are some exercises that you can do alongside whatever other woo-woo stuff you do on a new moon. There's so many things to do. If you want to charge your crystals, do it now. If you want to like bless your plants in the house or the plants in the world around you or the earth itself, do it now. The world needs you. The earth needs you because you are a part of the earth. And so it's time to give back in whatever way you can. There's so much pain. There's so much anxiety. There's so much suffering in the world. 
And we have such amazing access to that, um, for the better or for worse. I want to encourage all of you who are experiencing so much anxiety around it. And, and a lot of you send me your, your questions about how to cope with that anxiety. I want to encourage all of you to strive to find one thing that you can do that embarks on improving a problem that is really eating at you. That's my, my little bit of homework for you. Because again, there's all this practical, earthy energy flowing this week. So try to make an effort to engage practically and proactively. And if you can't figure out what that action is, read articles, educate yourself. Educate yourself. That's a step. It's not a world-changing step per se, but we have to take all the steps, not just the dramatic, huge ones. Stay present. Keep on trying. And don't let your fear convert into hatred or convert into self-harm. Remember that love is a transformative force that can change you and me and everyone we come in contact with and the earth itself. Don't forget to love the vulnerable more than you hate the perpetrators. Okay, my loves, it's a lot of information. I want to talk about gifts because I got a gift to give, my loves. I have a gift to give. I got a winner for the giveaway. And the winner is Maria Muna. And she says, this is one of the best podcasts out there. Jessica is unique in her delivery and authenticity. And that's really sexy. I am a show. Thank you, girl. Thank you. She keeps it 100 and speaks the truth. And that's why we keep coming back. You are love, Jessica. Thank you, Maria. Now, Maria, check your IG DMs because I have messaged you and I'm trying to hook you up with cute stuff. Uh, a little ghost of a podcast swag. And my loves, if you haven't already written a review, I'll be picking one more winner. I'm not going to lie. I have loved this month of gifts in honor of the one year anniversary of ghost of a podcast. So I'm probably going to do something like this again. Very excited about it. So yeah, go ahead and send me a five-star review. Include your Instagram or Twitter handle. And, you know, just keep on doing the damn work. Okay, I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Every year they say the end is near.